Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One day, I plan to invent a wrestling move. It'll probably be like the bald bomb, and it'll just be me taking my bald head and going, and throwing it at somebody else, and then you'll go, Simon, you didn't invent that, but would you just give me something? I don't have much else. Oh, think how badass it is if you do create a brand new wrestling move, and then think how awful it is when someone else comes along, they do it, and you have to watch and go... Yeah, that was better than mine. So hello, my name is Simon Miller. Please do hit that subscribe button. And yes, this is 10 times a wrestler did a move better than the innovator. Number 10, the Liger Bomb. Right, before we get into this, I just want to make it very clear. This isn't an insult. I'm not going (laughs) in anybody's face. Of course it makes sense that if somebody comes up with a move and then other people can play around with it, you're going to get escalation and it's just gonna get better and better and better. I mean, that's what happens in all form of entertainment, right? There was one point when Black Sabbath were the heaviest thing on the planet, but now you can listen to it and if you're into like crazy death metal, you're like, this sounds like a bunch of chickens, which is not true. If Ozzy Osbourne does watch this, I love you, you're bad rocks. And my point of all of this is that Juice and Thunder Liger's Liger Bomb still looks absolutely brilliant if you do go back and watch it today, but then I would also present you with example B when we turn our attentions to Pac. I mean, it's just his movement and his execution and how somehow he snapped his opponent down to the point it looks like he's just driven their skull right into the mat. I mean, it's just so crisp, which kind of sums up Pac as a performer to begin with. But yeah, if you do watch them side by side, you can go, well, obviously Pac's got that from Juice and Thunder Liger, but my word, the way he executes it, basically my point of all of this is that I really like Peck. Number nine, the suicide dive. Now, when you dive into the history of the suicide dive and try and figure out who came up with it, you kind of get into murky waters, mostly because in 2021 slash 2022, everybody is doing it. 
Even I did a suicide dive once, and it was the worst dive you'd ever seen in your life, but I still tried it because, again, I'm an idiot. But what we can successfully say is that nobody, and I mean nobody, in the history of wrestling has done this maneuver better than Darby Allen. Just go on YouTube and type in Darby Allen dives. Every single one looks like he absolutely murks his opponent because he does. He doesn't even try to work this. He just throws his body at the person he's trying to murder. And nine times out of ten, I actually think that they're dead. And I get it too, this comes because he has a total disregard for his own safety. But that's what makes him so good. Like when I first saw him in AEW, I was like, okay, yeah, he seems like a cool character. But now he's one of my favorites and a huge part of that is this crazy, crazy dive. Number eight, the Orihara Moonsault. Invented by Maso Orihara, you will have seen this many times when you do watch wrestling, and it's basically a moonsault from the top to the outside. And given that we have got here, we do not appreciate this enough, because now you get fans just going, meh, that was all right. It was not all right. It's the most terrifying, greatest thing ever. I mean, seriously, this could be a finishing move, and you just roll your opponent back in and get the one, two, three. And while there are a ton of amazing one of these, especially Charlotte Flair's, I think the winner really has to be the current AEW world champion, Hangman Adam Page. I mean, not only does he have this wonderful rainbow arc, because he does come off the top turnbuckle to absolutely wreck his enemy, but he really makes it look like it hurts. It's like when RVD used to do the frog splash. Like, oh my gosh, he hurt himself, but he absolutely hurt the other guy. And that's what the hangman does here. When he connects with someone else, I don't even know if they're going to get up. And sure, no, it's not as spectacular as somebody like Phoenix, but I am talking about all-out violence here and all-out carnage. Don't know why. Just in that kind of a mood. Number seven, the ankle lock. Ken Shamrock's ankle lock was an absolutely brilliant finish because we all knew that Ken Shamrock came from the world of MMA. So when you saw him apply it, you were like, well, I can totally believe that would be a finish because this dude knows what he's doing. He's also got that great ability that you can apply it to everyone. And if you're one of those idiots, e.g. me, that would do it at home to somebody else, as soon as they start going, ow, ow, let go of my ankle, you go like, oh, it does work. So you believe it even more. So when Kurt Angle started to use it as his own signature move, I tell you why he perfected it, because when he did it, he kind of turned into a maniac. Like Shamrock 2 was an intense pressure cooker waiting to explode, but Angle always seemed to wait until he got that ankle and twisted it. And then he pulled the straps down and start going, arr, arr. and because he was making all these noises, you would get all pumped up at home as well. Also, to be fair, sometimes Kenny had this funny look on his face, whereas Kurt looked like an absolute deranged killer, which also ties into the magic of professional wrestling. Sometimes it's about your body language as opposed to the move, but with the ankle lock, as we've already established it was pretty badass not that i would say this to ken shamrock that man could absolutely tear my head off number six the ace crusher given how popular the cutter has become in modern day wrestling you may be surprised to hear the person that innovated it was none other than johnny laurinaitis his ace crusher was absolutely excellent because he did add the driver part to it and when he started beating fools with this move go and watch some of the reactions fans like oh my gosh that's absolutely brilliant obviously diamond dallas page is right up there with this as well but i think we'd all be kidding ourselves if we didn't give the prize to the rko and randy orton because think of all the incredible ones he has done throughout his career. That one to Evan Bourne, that one to Seth Rollins, that one to Kofi Kingston, that one to Jey Uso. I mean, we really could do this all day. Really though, this move is so good, I wouldn't care if Hornswoggle started doing them. I'd be like, I just love to see a good gutter. And also, if you go to an indie show in 2021, believe you me, you're gonna see it at least 96 times. Not that I can talk. 
between you and me, I'd do it too. But do I do it better than Randy Orton? No. Number five, the chokeslam. You read some really weird stuff when you try and find out who originated the chokeslam. Because some people say it was 911, who was a gimmick character down in ECW. And some people say it was former president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. And I couldn't find any follow-up information to this, so let's just give it to good old Abe. And once again, there are a bunch of candidates we could throw into the ring, but if you go through somebody's career in their entirety, be honest with yourself. Who has given more devastating choke slams than the one and only Undertaker, especially when he was working with someone like Shawn Michaels or Brock Lesnar? My word. The height that they would get on these it made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. It also helped that he had this crazy dead man gimmick, so whoever he was doing this on could be like, ah, no, I don't want to die. And we should probably throw Kane in there and the big show too. They had some pretty good ones. But again, we are talking about longevity here. And nobody even has a patch on Mark Calloway. To the point sometimes he just wouldn't do the tombstone and he'd do a choke slam instead. And did we all buy it? You bet your ass. Number four, the 450 splash. Some people say this was actually done by Scott Steiner. Some people say it was Hayabusa. But all I know was this. In the late 90s, when I was getting super duper into professional wrestling, there was one man that would do the 450 splash over and over and over again. And every single time my eyes would get wide because I couldn't believe it. And that was too cold Scorpio. Now for one, he didn't look like a guy that had the agility to pull off this move, but my word, he did. And also because he was doing this on the American scene that just so happened to have a bright spotlight on it, it was just more readily available to me. And of course, back then we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have social media. So I would go out of my way just to try and see this because again, I was just absolutely in awe of it. This is why it's crazy now that people just do 450s as transitional moves. Think about what's happening here. A guy climbs to the top rope, they do a 360, so they go all the way around and then go, I think I'm gonna do a little bit more, and then they land on someone. If I tried to do this, you'd never see me on a video again, because I'd be dead. And I'm sure there's a bunch of performers right now, you're going, oh Simon, I can't believe you didn't mention them, but that's what the comments are for. It's mostly because I wanted to focus on Too Cold Scorpio. He is an underrated gem. Number three, the dragon suplex. Tatsumi Fujinami was the man behind the dragon suplex and you can't take anything away from that guy. His version was absolutely superb. Fujinami would also drop people right on their necks and he would add a bridge to his dragon suplex and every time I'd be like, oh no, he's broken that guy's skull. That looked absolutely horrendous which is why actually I'm a bigger fan of Kenny Omega's. Because he ignores the bridge with just having all the impact in the world, and he's able to do it so fast with such a snap. Sometimes I'm like, wait, what the hell happened? I think I missed it. Given that he usually follows this up with a V trigger as well, you can be a massive geek and go, well, he's not using the dragon suplex as a finish. He's using it to stun the guy so he can set him up for something else. And I love it when we add in these little small bits of professional wrestling. It makes me like it even more. It also looks like it came out of a video game, which is true for a lot of Omega's. Arsenal and it's just the way he pulls it off again. I could watch him do this for days and I'm never gonna get bored and right now as of 2021 it's absolutely one of his signatures. I mean who else would dare try and pull this off? Number two the dropkick. It is said that Abe Coleman should be credited with coming up with the dropkick around about the 1930s after he had been on holiday or on some kind of tour to Australia and looked at a kangaroo and what they did and thought to himself well why don't I do that in a ring? He must have been an interesting fella. Given that ever since that decade, though, human beings in general have become more agile and more athletic, this has absolutely been surpassed. And once again, do you know who I'm going to plump for? I'll give you a minute. Bong. 
I mean, it's a carter. You gotta throw Owen Hart in there too, because he used to do this awesome one off the top rope, and Randy Orton, for his size, throws a terrific drop kick. But not only does Akadas look absolutely brilliant, but he somehow ties it in to the story of the match. And it's just a flipping drop kick. And yet when he does bust it, I'm like, oh my God, he hit that drop kick. I mean, I think about this a lot and it never makes sense. And it's really about when he places it. Some people just throw it in there because, well, I'm going to launch you into the ropes and I'll give you a drop kick. But Akada has this innate ability to know no. At exactly 22 minutes and 41 seconds, that's when I must hit my drop kick. <laughs> Go and listen to the fans. He gets it right every single time. And don't forget that his finish is just a short arm clothesline. That man really is something else. Number one, the super kick. Chris Adams invented the super kick, but only one man made it famous. You know his name, say it with me, Shawn Michaels. Given that the Heartbreak Kid was an absolute inspiration for a load of wrestlers that have grown up and now the stars of today, yes, we do see the super kick a lot. And once again, we're just gonna turn down the volume and I'm gonna be honest with you, you do get some people going, oh man, there's too many super kicks, I don't like it. <laughs> I enjoy every single one. Don't know why, just think it's a great move. Michaels is always gonna be in the conversation as well, but given that Matt and Nick Jackson were able to basically build an entire gimmick around this and become massively successful and bust them out like they were going out of fashion, well, I gotta give it to the Young Bucks. I mean, they actually intentionally overdid them because they knew it would piss off the audience and they were trying to be heels. And that is so breaking the fourth wall and that is so meta, it's no wonder they were able to create their own path through the wrestling industry. They are absolute innovators and they don't get the credit they deserve. I mean, they've got a whole thing called the Super Kick Party and they were able to merchandise it. So yeah, don't you come into my house and say they didn't do a great job because they damn well did.